Dubbed the most influential rock and roll band of the 1990s, Pearl Jam have been a mainstay in popular culture for well over three decades. Their contribution as one of the founders of the grunge movement is permanently etched into rock history. To this day, they remain one of the biggest selling bands of all time. In celebration of their 20th anniversary as a band in 2011, Pearl Jam headed out on a short, 22-date tour of North and South America, a tour whose first stop in Canada would be in Montreal. G found himself sitting in the stands that night and shares his memories of that show on this episode. Uh, week seven. Week seven. Week seven, episode seven. And a great one at that. It is a great one. How are you, Jess? I'm good. I'm good. good. It's, uh, it's been a day. It's been a week. Could we could we just make it official here on the podcast sure. because you made it official everywhere else? Uh, sure. You are now living in Vancouver. I am living in Vancouver. Yes. I am still in Montreal. Yes, but I think that that's a unique thing that we bring now because we're going to see time zones. The time zones are interesting, but also um, a lot of the shows we're both going to see, but we're not going to be seeing the same show, which I think is pretty right. cool. And it's pretty cool. Yeah. The Killers will be one of them. Elton John will be another. That's true. And uh, we is he just- is he playing Vancouver? Oh, he no. is. He is, yeah. Oh, nice. Um, and we were just discussing whether or not we were going to attend the Brian Adams New Year's uh, show. It's very tempting. It is very, very tempting. tempting. Listen. It's very tempting. And um, I mean, I, I hate New Year's. So do I. I, I always hate it. And I'm like, I've never been to a concert on New Year's Eve. And I'm like, Brian Adams, I like Brian Adams a lot. I mean, he always puts on a great show. Listen. It's tempting. It is tempting. But today, we're not talking about Brian Adams or Elton or The Killers. We're talking we're about not. Pearl Jam. Oh my God, one of my favorites. I know. You actually, I think you were the biggest Pearl Jam fan. That's not true. I, there was a woman that I used to work with. The Concert she, Goers. Uh, at a golf course. Season she two. This is episode seven. Pearl Jam. I don't, the Pearl Jam 20 so tour with your hosts, you, Jessica Dion like and Jenny Fiasque. Obsessed, like half yeah, to I'm go. Not, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for me, like uh, as you've heard before, I'm Dave Matthews man for the road trips. I would travel to see Pearl Jam in a heartbeat. It just never really came about that I would have to. It's sad because uh, you know the show we're talking about is from 2011, mm-hmm. and they haven't been to Montreal since then. Great, so it's eh? ten years. It's ten years. I can't believe it's been ten years since that show. It, it's so funny. The show that night it was so interesting because it was also my first full work day at the radio station we used to work at. I remember. I remember. So I, yeah. I started off working there and I ended it with the program show. I need, I didn't even attend that opening gala thing they had because I had tickets for the show previously. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I mean, yeah, we've, we've talked about it a few times about how, when the first time you see an artist, it's really, really special, but I think it's even more oh special God. when they don't come back for so long. You feel like you were part it's of nuts. a moment. Yeah. I don't know. It's nuts. And also the show that we're going to talk about that I attended was released for their official bootleg. Uh, right. And I own the concert on, on, on CD. Uh, and it's so crazy to hear it because the energy was so intense that night. Well, what's the band from the crowd. Yeah. I think what's interesting about th- that show in particular, and it's the Montreal show that was in September of 2011. Yeah. Um, it was in celebration of their 20th anniversary as a band. So it's really oh, 20th. I thought 20th. it was 25th. No, it's so, 20th. Yeah. yeah. I also thought it was 25th, but it's 20th. Yes. Um, okay. Obviously, you know, they were a big uh, part of the grunge movement in the early 90s. I think if you're looking at all the grunge bands that came, I think Pearl Jam stands in a league of its own. 
I don't mm-hmm. think that you can, you know, I know a lot of people, we've had this Nirvana discussion a bunch of times. Yeah. I think and there's Soundgarden, there's Alice in Chains. For sure. Much, yeah. And I mean, I yeah. think they all have their, their unique things, you know, Soundgarden for sure. Yeah. But Pearl Jam has just had that kind of longevity which is a little yeah. bit uh, a little bit cooler but they also hadn't been to Montreal for a long time that too it took so long for them to come back like what the hell is the situation here so i think i think the energy in the room must have been even like just more heightened yeah and it. they had opened up well, i think proton does it for most shows but they opened up the back of the stage oh very cool i did not know that that's where i sat that is uh yeah. that is very yeah. cool yeah i um did you did you buy those tickets on purpose or was that what was left? Uh, I don't remember. Okay. No, no, I think I, I, it may have been a money thing. I think for some reason in my head, if I can sit behind the stage, which, which, which is, it's good and it's bad. Mm-hmm. Because obviously the band's always facing the other way. But if, you, if your front man is Eddie Vedder, uh, then you're, he's climbing up on, on, True. on rafters. And, yeah, and he's, not, he's not Phil Collins. Equipment and shit. He's not no, sitting he's not on the <laughs> but, but so it's interesting because the seats behind the stage are always cheaper. Mm-hmm. So I think I may have paid like 75 bucks to sit there. But I felt the energy regardless. You know? the, and I think that's screens? what I, think I, I ended up. What's that? Were there screens? There was no screen. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So you were right. I was, oh, I was right in the reds yeah. in the lower bowl, but behind on the side yeah. stage, almost at the back. So I saw the their stage is usually always open. So I just I saw them perfectly, but I was to the side, so it was always this. But you know, like Mike McCready and and Eddie Vedder are always walking around and yeah and stuff. They're not so, yeah they're not sitting still. It's a high it's a high intensity show. Would you yeah. say more high intensity than Foo Fighters or about the same? Foo Fighters is more intense. Really? Yeah, Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam. I don't know how to explain this, and I don't want to offend anyone. I, you know how much I love Foo Fighters. I know. I find Pro Jam are more musicians. Yes, less showmans, more musicians. There you got go. It, like got Eddie it, got Vedder it. is Eddie Vedder in his own right. He walks on stage. You're like, oh, it's Eddie. Vedder. He walks on stage with his bottle of wine and his notebook, and he just puts it down. And he's like chugging from the bottle, you know. And like, good for you. You're still drinking from the bottle, Eddie Vedder. But you Dave know? Dave Grohl is more of the. He's the uh, rocker. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. He's like the scream in your face. Like, let's get this show rocking. You know, it's interesting because they both stemmed from the same era. You know, I mentioned before the the grunge and um, it's a, it was an interesting era in music just because can we just do a little sidebar here and say that the Nirvana baby is suing. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. The nevermind baby is suing, suing Dave Grohl. What a loser. Well, I just, I don't understand. I mean, he got the Nevermind tattoo and Dave Grohl tweeted that out. Like, I'm not the one with the Nevermind tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know. So weird. Um, I don't know anybody with uh, any Pearl Jam tattoos, I have to say. But I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure there are diehards sure. that, that, uh, that have There that. are probably. Um, this year, 30 years since the album 10 was released. That's nuts. <laughs> That's as old as I am. But it's ridiculous. Like, come on. Yeah. Um, was that the first album you heard? Oh, great question. Probably. No, you know what? The first, I, you know how much I love live albums. Yes. The first album I ever heard in its entirety from Pro Jam was Pro Jam Live on Ten Legs, hmm. uh, which 
which was uh, uh, tracks that were recorded at different venues and they made they made an album from right. it. That's the first thing I ever listened to completely, and I was like, "Shit, this is crazy." It may have been, again, I discovered Pearl Jam a bit later in my life. So I think I was just out of high school, mm-hmm. and I was obsessed. My God, I was obsessed with them for a long time. Then I then I went to the you know like right behind me, you know, the wall of CDs back yes. here. Like the there's a whole section that's just all Pearl Jam. There's a um, uh, there's a a huge collection of CD racks behind G, and. <laughs> He just has added to them. For as long as I've known him, he has continuously added to them. Uh, There's a closet behind me that is wall-to-wall filled with, like, CDs and DVD, concert DVDs I love it. I'm like, I never get rid of them. No, 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 you can't. Um, I remember, actually, you and I, I also discovered Pearl Jam a little bit later. And Mm -hmm. I remember picking up a couple of Pearl Jam CDs at Value Village with you. Yes, they yeah, were always there. Exactly. So it's yeah. those kinds of places were great for uh, discovering bands later in life because you could always find, especially bands like that, you could find in a Value Village. I don't yeah, know why. and then I've, I, even now if I step into a Value Village, because sometimes I like to look for like, you know, yeah, out of print same. movies and stuff. But um, I, 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 whenever I, I'll see like a like a Dave Matthews album or like a Pearl Jam or whatever, I'm like, you don't belong here. Like, I want to take you home. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel bad. No, I get it. I, I know. Yeah. I've, I've done the same thing, and I've sometimes I've picked up CDs that I already have. Yeah, you have like doubles, triples, yes. but then you're like, okay, at one point, you're like, okay. Also, I, uh, you know. stop putting the stickers on the albums. So that oh I my can't god, take them stop off. putting the stickers everywhere. DVD covers everywhere. <laughs> They don't come off Value Village. Anyways, I'm done with that. Okay, thank you. That was a rant for Value Village. Who I saw a video the other day. Somebody pronounced it Valu Village. So <laughs> <laughs> that really made me laugh. Valu Village. It sounds a little bit more eloquent when you say it, it does. like that. Makes, it makes me not want to wash my hands when I leave. I think you should, it's still a good practice that you should do. It is. Okay, but back, back to Pearl Jam. Yeah. So... You know, grunge pioneers, they're in, inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which, by the way, I didn't know, but they were inducted in their first year of eligibility, which is crazy. Some bands have waited, like, 25 years For, to get in there. Yeah, like <laughs> Tina Turner and shit. They're yeah. just waiting all their life. <laughs> it's weird that they would... I mean, I guess I guess it's the times, and they, they just sort yeah. of... You know, Eddie Vedder has been involved in a lot of stuff, and mm-hmm. he's... He's kind of a, a justice warrior kind of guy. You yeah, know, he is. He's, he's always stood up for what he thought was important and what was right. There's a, an uh, interesting uh, thing that he defends is uh, there was a case in the 90s, uh, the West Memphis Three. These, uh, yes. You know, it was like a... They said you told me about that. Yeah, and it's a, yeah. Yeah, there's a documentary called West of Memphis, and it's produced by Peter Jackson. And uh, I think it's Peter Jackson. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and Eddie Vedder is in there because he advocated for, they were wrongfully convicted and right. he advocated to get them out. It's, it's an interesting thing that if, if anybody's interested in that kind of stuff, um, you know, you can find it on, on iTunes and things like that. It's interesting to watch. I don't know if you've ever watched it, but I, I, I yeah, I have yeah. part of the, uh, part of the draw for me was I had read the, the, you know, the, the case, uh, history, but also because Eddie Vedder was so involved, I was curious as to why somebody would get that, that involved in that. It's, yeah, it's there's cool. that. He's also been involved in the whole uh, Ticketmaster. Yeah, I uh, was just about to bring up. Thing. Yeah, I was bringing yeah. up the Ticketmaster thing because that. Um, so, w- what happened with that? 
just it's a whole thing of like uh, fees and and like they're overcharging and type thing. And they, and they sued kind of them. Just, yeah. They sued them. They sued Ticketmaster. And now I think um, I, I know for sure for their shows that I, it may be that they only charge like one ticket price huh. and they, you know, they're not like screwing over the, the guy, the, the people who buy the, the tickets, you know, with all those service fees and shit. Yeah, the, serv- the service fees are brutal on all kinds yeah. of, of It's almost as much as the concert ticket. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate that that's become sort of a sort of like a side industry of mm-hmm. uh of ticket buying, but you know, that's uh that's what it's come to. Uh I yeah. read two really interesting statements that people made. Do? Uh one was that Rolling Stone described Pearl Jam as a band that has, quote, spent too much of the past decade deliberately tearing apart their own fame. I don't understand what that means. Well, meaning that they they stand in the way of their own success. And I find that yeah. so weird because... It's weird, they're super successful. Exactly. So I'm not... Under- I don't understand. Like, I read that and I thought... What what guy they, wrote that? Honestly, they're always like number one albums, selling out freaking stadiums, like you know, all over the world. Like I don't get it. I don't get it either. I don't. I don't know. So do you? I don't understand. Do you? No, but do you think <laughs> that they are as successful as they could be? I I I mean, if this has to do with like their genre, I mean, they've definitely. I don't, I don't want to say toned it down, but but they're not like their first two albums, like Ten and Verses. Yeah. Um, um, that's right. Yes, sorry. Um, they're like grunge, very heavy on the grunge. But then as their albums go on, they kind of yeah derive and they play with other genres. Like I don't know about San- they're super successful. I don't know. I, do you think they're one of the most important bands of the 90s? Yeah, no, without a doubt. It's not even a question. Do you think they are the most important band of the 90s? The most important band? No. Okay. Who's the most important band in the 90s? I get so much shit for this. It's okay. This is a safe space. Probably Oasis. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I think they because probably agree. Even though even though <laughs> Pro Jam had more successful albums yeah. than Oasis, those first two Oasis albums are like untouchable and that they just rang throughout the entire decade. Right. Yeah. And people are still listening. I mean, I, okay. I get that 10, I, if you look at, at Pearl jam, which leads me to my next question, what is your favorite Pearl jam album? Probably. I don't know. Probably versus. Mm-hmm. I like their last oh. one. I have to say. Yeah. The, what was it gigaton gigaton. Yeah. How you say it? Jujutan? I think Jujutan. it's Jujutan. <laughs> uh, yeah, the last one was good. It was different, and I liked it. There was a few uh, bangers on that one. Uh, the one before that I didn't like was it Lightning Bolt? Yeah, that was, was the name of the, was that the name of the album. Yeah, I think that's my least favorite one. Uh, they, there was uh, there were a couple of uh, of songs that got a little bit of radio airplay, and I think that's what mm. ruined the album. <laughs> Because <laughs> they just yeah. kept playing the same song over and over, uh, so yeah. I, th- I think that that's w- what kind of ruined it. But yeah, I think that would be my my least favorite Pearl Jam album too. Uh, and I really, really love um, um, 
their self-titled one, mm-hmm. which I think was their fifth or sixth yeah. album. Also, no, you know what? I don't know. No Code is also really good. Though, okay, but, so yeah. we've established that they're all your favorites. Got it. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, except Lightning Bolt. Yeah. Yeah, I like them all. Okay, so that's the one you're going to choose in its entirety then. You want to see Lightning Bolt. No. <laughs> <laughs> I want to choose Versus as my favorite. Okay. Okay, that's yeah. good. Um, okay, I'm going to ask you... What? Or Vitology. Oh, God, Jess, okay, well, you know what? You have, I don't know. I don't you have know. until the end of the episode to pick one, okay? I'll, I'll, I'll come back to you after. Um, what is the uh, the over um, overplayed songs? There are many Pearl Jam songs that have been overplayed. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have to get rid of one, Even mm-hmm. Flow or Better Men? Uh, why? Well, I don't know why because you do things like I this. Because I enjoy this. It's not right because I love... Uh, better man really i love even flow like can it's I, such a can you just share the story of what you thought the lyrics to better man were no i think you thought that i did not think that that was you <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> this is me doing an eddie vetter impression right can't find a butter man want to i, I oh. want to know i actually i want you to explain what you thought a butter man was I wouldn't know. I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And but, this is before I even knew who Pearl Jam was. This is as a child. Okay. I don't think you're excused just because you were a child. Bottom man. That's pretty good at Eddie Vedder. Thank you. Um, I, there was, I there was a specific, in the car. There was a specific 90s sound, like mm. Eddie Vedder and like Creed. and Yeah, there were... Uh, yeah. Merlin. <laughs> Where did that sound go? Did we just collectively leave it in the 90s? Eddie Vedder still has it, but he's older now. So yes. he just. <laughs> but he's not doing that same thing. <laughs> I know bands used to rip into it because it's quite funny. Like, it's I, hilarious. Creed, I, uh, even uh, uh, Live did it too, the band Live. Yeah. Uh, but he had more of like a falsetto. But it, if you. This, their heavier stuff was very. Uh, <laughs> Well, Creed is the one that comes to mind the most because people just laugh Creed, so yeah, much. Creed, yeah, 100%. Um, I'm sorry, thumbs, wide open. That's exactly the song. <laughs> if anybody says the word Creed, you either think of Creed in the office or you think of uh, that you, Yeah, song. that's a good point. Yeah. Um, okay, I won't. I, you know what? I was lenient this week. I'm not going to... I'm not going to ask you any other to make any other No, choices. but wait. So wait, not, you would choose Better Man, Butter Man over Evenflow? Yeah, I think I would. It's for me, it's when Evenflow kicks off. It's, just, it's done. I'm done. But there's... Especially like on a set list, they usually they never played near the end. They always play at the beginning, like in the middle, like maybe like the third or fourth mm. song. Like, and I'm like, oh my god! But they play Better Man later on in the set. Yeah, they do because uh, they get everyone to sing it. But but um, I don't know. Even Flo just it, it kicks me right in the ass. For me, it's the crowd thing. That's why. Okay, because I, I like see I like the the you know people get so into it. Mm. Um, I I do enjoy that. Um, well, we all have our own opinions. Jess. I know we do. Okay, so let's let's get into the show because uh, it's a pretty jam packed set list. Oh my um, god! First of all, so just good. just some some tour details. It wasn't a very long tour. It was like a month and a half. There were twenty two shows, uh, and ten of them were in Canada. Montreal was the first date, Canadian date, but they had done a two day festival, the Alpine Music Festival, Alpine Festival something, um, and. Uh, what's his name uh, that I can't think of right now? Uh, Chris, Vedder? no, Chris Cornell. Oh, opened. Chris Cornell. Imagine that. 
Because they were they were um, in yeah. Temple of the Dog together. Exactly. Well, not Eddie Vedder, but uh, the rest of the band. So it's it's and kind the, of yeah. cool. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Chris Cornell since passed, but it's yeah. uh, I mean it's a, it's kind of a nineties. That's nuts. Yeah. Imagine that's crazy. That's crazy. To think that that they like Chris Cornell is an opener. It's very cool. I mean, you know, I'm not sure how much of an an opener, but it's. Mm-hmm. It, it would have been nice yeah. to see them perform together, I guess. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, did you know that they, that Pearl Jam had played the Verdun auditorium? I did. It okay. was, and, and, and there's so many stories from that show that they played here that uh, apparently actually it, it may be on YouTube uh, that people were like something magical happened that night hmm. in that, in that venue. I'm curious like, if anybody uh has been to that was at that show for sure some of our followers and listeners i hope so if you show. if you were at that show yeah. please let us know because um maybe it's one of those like what stays in vegas what happens in vegas stays in vegas kinds of kind of things yeah maybe i, just, I remember a lot of people mentioning how it was magic that it was like something like they like 10 had just came out yeah uh and, and like versus i think followed maybe when they were doing that tour at the verdun auditorium but um yeah the, de la magie. That's what people were like saying. Wow. The uh, yeah. the Verdun Auditorium is a is a venue that no longer exists. The facade is still there, but it's uh, it no longer exists. It hasn't existed for a while, um, mm. and it was four thousand seats or give or take. And it was like a, it was like a small hockey arena. Exactly. So Pearl yeah. Jam played there. Nirvana played there. Green Day played there on the Dookie Magic. tour. So like some really really iconic bands in their beginnings played there. Um, mm-hmm. And it's cool when every city has one of those iconic venues, and I think that that was just that was one. one of many in Montreal. Yeah. You know, Montreal it was has like a the lot spectrum. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That that's yeah. really fun. Okay, so they kick off the show. Elderly woman behind the counter in a small town. <laughs> how how do you, how are you supposed to like that? Wow. The moment Eddie Vedder, so everyone, so if you, um, I don't know if it's on Spotify because some of their bootlegs are on Spotify through through the Pro Jam mm-hmm. channel. Uh, I don't know if the Montreal one is on Spotify. If it is, please check it out from 2011. The the house lights go down. The band all comes on. They all come on. Mm-hmm. Eddie has his, like I said, it may have been a bottle of champagne or a bottle of wine with his notebook. Puts it down, does the cheers, chugs the bottle, not in one shot, but just no, no, I get the it. Bottle and and puts it down, um, and then you hear the crowd is in, in the live in the bootleg. You hear the crowd is going nuts, and then from the moment he he does his his count, one two three four two, and then if you know you're like I, I just I did it myself. I gave myself goosebumps just now. You like, sounded like Bob just, Dylan. Oh, sorry. You're welcome. <laughs> well, but uh, <laughs> sorry. One, two, three. It's a good time to plug Bob Dylan's Christmas album. The <laughs> worst music you'll ever hear. <laughs> sorry. But so that's that's how the song starts, and you're like, I don't, I'm not ready for that. That's, and it's a very slow song. I know, but that's show, but that's it's so setting, like, yeah, setting the bar. It so sets high. the bar. Let me tell you that, like, the first four songs on that set list, all right, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. 
because right after Elderly Woman is finished, and that's a, uh, that's a sing-along song with the crowd, mm-hmm. uh, there's not even a break to like say hi to to say hi to everyone it just they just hit last exit and i'm just you're there and you're to the wall you're like ah. you're trying you're just trying to breathe at that point trying to breathe yeah. last exit which is like you know very grunge very fast paced hail hail forget it it's done after that <laughs> and then they 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 play the fixer which was off the um, uh that album mm-hmm at the time I, I literally have a brain fart right now That's right. and they go into some of the newer songs after that after the fixer right but um that first the first four songs of that set i don't think i've ever seen that ever that energy like that in a show ever ever wow that's really saying yeah. something yeah ever I, I don't it's just and right after that as after the fixer is when eddie vetter decides to talk to everyone Okay, because a, I guess, yeah, I guess people just need, they need to breathe, but also the audience needs to regain consciousness. <laughs> yeah, like me. <laughs> oh, man. Just a yeah, crazy, it's... crazy thing. And then, and, you know, the, they do some 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 newer stuff. And then Corduroy mm-hmm. comes in and Given to Fly. Given to Fly is when Eddie Vedder starts to, you know, jump on speakers and stuff and start, you know get the crowd is it a and... it's not a destructive show is it? they're not like throwing instruments no no they're not shit. like that anymore okay. they're not climbing the the lights and whatever but but he's still very active and uh he'll like jump on a speaker and like get try to get closer to the crowd um pearl jam wasn't at woodstock 99 were they no okay no, i don't think so no this is a good that's a good idea that they didn't go no it's a good idea. they could have i mean they were part <laughs> of that kind of that era yeah but yeah um the, uh, the 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 show is just consistent the whole whole way through, and I mean like they do um, you know daughter which yeah. is from uh, off of verses uh, and um, it's just that's also a sing along song. Uh, Half full for me is a is a big one. It's mm-hmm. so good, but for me the big the big moment came for do the evolution. I love that song okay. so much. It's so intense and like that's one of the songs. I think that may have been one of the last songs that they recorded where they were very very grunge okay yeah and that song oof, live is it's a rush it's a do rush you, do you think pr- people preferred their more because when they moved away from the grunge stuff mm-hmm. it became a bit more commercial do you think people go there for the grunge stuff or they go there for the the more well-known stuff no, they go there for the well-known stuff. Okay. And the thing too about Pro Jam are, are also in those, you know, handful of bands that every night play a different set. Oh, interesting. Yes, this is if you look at the show before uh, the show after, uh, not the same set. Same same songs or different well, they'll, well, they'll always or... play like uh, they'll always play like uh, even flow like stuff like that. Right. They'll but they'll place it around, but the rest of the set, deep cuts, B sides, wow. covers. You name it. So for the true fan then, which is cool. It's incredible. Uh, and then, and then, so the first set before the first encore is like 16 songs. It's long. And, and, and they end with why go, which is off mm-hmm. 10, which that also is just. Yeah. Pandemonium. Yeah. <laughs> you don't come back after that song. I'm like, I guess it's okay. It's fine. You didn't play, <laughs> well, you didn't no, play be- anything else. No, but because it's okay. then you miss out on even flow. No, I know. So I know, but it's, okay. oh, it's so intense. So they end the set there. I think it was like 75 minutes in. 
I'm like, okay, well, this is interesting. But no. but then they come back with an encore and the encore is even flow. So you could just imagine like that that to me, if you're gonna come back, I, I mean they are you're gonna come back with good. anything. Yeah, they are pretty good at if you look at the structure of the set list, they oh, start with elderly woman and then yeah. okay, they play their their first set and then they come back with even flow. Yeah. And then in their second encore, they come back with Better Man. Like, how can you, you can't structure that better as you an can't. artist? Better, <laughs> better man. Um, that first encore has like black, which yeah. on the bootleg, I'm thinking about it now. It's giving me goosebumps. Like, it's it's so good. And Eddie Vedder pulls this like long note at one point. Like, it's just. And you and in the bootleg you hear the crowd singing in the background like throughout the entire song. A lot of the I need the to bootleg, I need to check that that bootleg out if I can find yeah, it. I have it, but I, I I don't know if they put it on Spotify. It would be really ideal Pearl Jam if you put the, some of the bootlegs from the 20th anniversary tour on Spotify. I'll tag um, them in my tweets. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> so Black comes on. It's like a nine minute version of Black, by the way. Um, and uh, and then you know it just come. They do like a, a Joe Strummer song and yeah. and and, uh, and Lucan. And and porch, <laughs> porch too is. Um, I remember that being really wild. Uh, that's also from ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, encore two, like you mentioned, better man. <laughs> that's like, that's <laughs> insane. It's crazy, crazy Mary. They kind of always play that. Um, it's an interesting and, uh, choice and, that they play that. Yeah, yeah, and they give the that song is all Boom Gospers song. Like the the their, yeah. their keyboardist, it's yeah. all him. And then, of course, Alive uh, comes. Oh, and, and during Alive, the house lights are on. Oh, interesting. We talked about the house last lights. two songs. The house lights are on. We talked about house lights and how they annoy me. <laughs> what? <laughs> In the last episode. Yeah. What happens is uh, I think actually from my recollection is. Like near the end of Crazy Mary, the, the house lights start to go on gradually. It's not like all in one shot. All right. So, so it's super bright and then Alive comes on and, and the house lights are fully on. So you see the they see the whole Ugh. place like okay, erupted. That, and That like... I can do because the crowd is into it. Now, I could do that. Yeah. That's and then that's a, cool. and then the, the, their closing song is for them. I think 98% of the time is always yellow, yellow, red, better. Which so, is uh, the, it sounds like a tongue twister every time. Yellow, red, better. <laughs> Why do you think they, fin- they end with that one? Anyway, why do you think they end with that one? Oh, it's a good, uh, it's a good, end. it's a good closer. Okay, because it- it's like a very uh, a go home, a very last call song. Okay, that's interesting. Fair enough. Yeah, like if they play it at the bar, I'd be happy. Okay, and like it's last call, they play, they play yellow. I'm like, right. okay, no. That's a that's a quite the extensive set list. Like, I mean, if you've paid that money to go see the show, yeah. um, mm. you can't be disappointed. I mean, there's nothing nothing disappointing about that whole. They literally list. play like a song off every album. I think. Yeah. Well, this I was looking at the the uh, the breakdown of the albums, and they play the most amount of songs off of ten, but mm-hmm. then after that, it's like a toss up. You, mm-hmm. you, you, you there's there's songs from, you know. Uh, versus and you know Pearl Jam and th- like it's just it's crazy. That was the name of the album, Backspacer, the one I was thinking right. about, the, the newer okay. one at the time uh, from 2011. That's the one from with the fixer and <clears throat> and all that. Um, yeah, I think the show ran about two and a half, two hours and forty. I think that's a, yeah. that's a really good. Uh... And they had an opener. Do you remember who the opener was? 
Mud Honey. Oh. They're um, they're um, also a grunge band. Yeah. Uh, not as successful, but they like to take them on tour with them. They're really good. It's uh, it's, I guess that's that's sort of what you you have to go with the same kind of style. You're not going to get a country music artist. No, <laughs> no, or up. like uh, or a rapper. You know. No, no, I guess. But not. I think I may. I think they may have. I'm thinking of someone else. Never mind. Um, oh, it was a uh, U2 that took like Jay Z on tour with them. Anyways, all right. If uh, Pearl Jam had to collaborate with a rapper, which rapper would you like to see them collaborate with? Have they done that? I'm, I why don't am I know. Having... Maybe. I don't know. I guess uh, like Kendrick. Okay, funny that you said that. That's who I yeah. was going to go for. I just Kendrick. That'd be has crazy. A, yeah, Kendrick has a, a a voice that would lend itself to. Yeah, but the fans would not be happy. They would not. And please don't. We're just. This is not happening. Don't, don't we're, add just, us. we're just yeah. throwing. We're just throwing that out there. Yeah. I'm very sorry yeah. if it happens. We didn't make it happen. Um, <laughs> I'm going to switch up the bathroom break thing again this week. Okay. Um, you need to. We're pick, not doing it. Oh yeah, no, we are. But you oh. need to pick a popular song that you would miss. Oh come on. Oh come on. Yes. I hate you. I know. But well, no, you go first. Um, I'm going to pick daughter. <laughs> You're such a loser. Mm-hmm. I know. Just because, uh, no, I'm gonna. <laughs> just because I, uh, like, 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 radio popular, or like what I think is popular. Uh, radio popular. Oh. That people would know. <laughs> I'll do. I'll do a live. What? <laughs> yep. Wow. Yeah, that's what I, I just did. That. Oh, that hurt my soul. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? This is what. Take a breather. No, I can't. I'm I'm actually shocked. Shocked to my very core. They didn't. Uh, oh. They didn't play Last Kiss. Oh no, they did not. There's there's some. I think the the night after they were in Ottawa or something, and they played it. Mm. Um. Yeah, I, I did not yeah, know. I, I had compliment. I had contemplated going to Ottawa. But I, I I didn't do that. I didn't mm. know that Last Kiss was not a Pearl Jam song. Oh well, no, it is not. I know, but, but have you ever? Uh, what a great song! Have you ever heard the original? It's a country song, right? Yeah, like it's a, yeah. very weird. <laughs> I mean, Pearl, Pearl Jam's song is is obviously better and more widely known, so that's probably why. But so good. That's the song that I I would have been most disappointed not to have heard, I guess. Really? That's like your ultimate? No, it's not my ultimate, but if I'm looking at the set list and if I look at songs okay. that I would have liked to have seen added. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, no, that's a good, that's a good, that's a good one. Uh, I would have added like Last Kiss. I would have also added uh, uh, Release. I love Release. Oh, which yeah. Is one. That's a good, that's a good sing-along song. I like Corduroy. There's also, what's that? I like Corduroy. Yeah, Corduroy. There's also On a Bootleg series is also a great, great one. It's like a three-hour show from Buenos Aires okay. the entire recording the crowd is louder than the band that's what's fun about South American shows yo that, what is wrong with those people that's it's really really cool apparently I was I was told by uh, somebody I knew that if you want to experience a concert that's the, where you have the to go the ultimate concert experience you have to go to South America you know Buenos like Brazil, Aires, Buenos or, Aires yeah, like all Argentina. those places there's such a deep appreciation for the music 
that and also their stadiums are like you know two hundred thousand people so that's it's like yeah. louder <laughs> yeah but yeah the the uh that the one i'm talking the bootleg i'm talking about uh, start the show starts with release mm-hmm. and even before the band is going on stage you, you hear in the recording they're just like chanting whatever they're chanting you know and then and then they, the band comes on uh, uh stone starts playing the, the riff of release and right. the the crowd is singing the riff oh yeah that's that's also a very popular thing <laughs> like oh my god like i have i need to go there <clears throat> it's i'm i would also agree that i would need to go there i'm not sure like i'm a little scared because there's so many people that yeah, i'm not sure you know and and you're i wouldn't i wouldn't be on the floor but i <laughs> okay i'll be in the stands okay yeah. got it that's i think that's a bit yeah. that's a bit better yeah. for, for like for their first experience yeah 100 percent. 100 percent. yeah um are you gonna go see them again when they tour again oh my god oh, when okay. are they coming i don't actually, know I, I actually they're they're supposed to reschedule their stop in quebec city um right. and when that when they announce that i might i'm like 97 percent gonna do that yeah and last i checked well right before the pandemic because it was in march 2020 yep. the, the show next city um i um i had looked and it was the again the behind the stage thing so i think i might i don't even care as long as i'm in the room i th- i think that's pretty yeah I, I i think i'm gonna go too okay yeah, not to the Quebec City one, but I think you know I'll I'll, I'll probably end yeah. up going. Oh, you um, need to. You've never seen them, no, right? No, I have never. No. No. Um, yeah. No, because I I never really really had anybody that wanted to come see them with me. And, That's sad life. Yeah, isn't it? Um, and I didn't know you well enough the last time, so. No, I didn't know you at all. No, that is very true. Okay, I'm gonna ask you one last question. Okay. Okay. So we were talking about the Verdun Audit- Auditorium before. Uh, in 2007, Pearl Jam played at the Royal Vic Theater in Chicago. It's like mm-hmm. 1,300 people. They didn't play any hits. It was just B-sides and this or whatever. If you could be in the crowd for one of those two shows, which one would you pick? I'd have to do the Verdun Auditorium. Okay. Just because it's my city. And also because uh, 10 had just been released. <laughs> 10 had just been released. And uh, just, you know, so much history. But what do you know about that show, The Vic Theater? Like, why did you pick they, that one? I, I picked it because it was one of their most intimate ones. Okay. It was like uh, pre, uh, pre-tour. Like an album release or something? No, it was okay, pre-tour, yeah. and they were just they okay. were just sort of warming up. Uh, okay. And, I mean, it's it, I picked it because it was 1,300 people. And yeah, I that's, thought, that's, you know, that's crazy. That's, but, but I, I feel... mean, 4,000 at the Verdun Auditorium, and they're going to play yeah. mostly songs from 10. I think that that's a pretty... There's idea. that, and also the fact that Montreal at the time was also a super brunch city. So, True. Um, so I mean, why I would need to experience that. Now it's more I of a love gr- to experience. Now it's more of a grungy city, but and dingy. <laughs> it's just because of all the construction. Gross. Anyways, well, this was a, this was a lot of fun. I uh, I could sense your. Um, enthusiasm like behind the show like i i like you were so into it and uh where does it rank in in your concerts that's in my it's in my top five yeah yeah 100 percent. i i think about it often i listen to the when i can i listen to the the booth like a, a lot because uh well it's so good that's the one of the first things that i'm gonna do i'm gonna try to go find that bootleg thing they sell it on online they sell it on their website they sell there's hundreds of shows that they sell 
Uh, you can. I don't know. I don't know if they have them on vinyl now, but uh, they definitely sell CDs and MP and like audio files. I'm going to. Um, wow, that's that's very old school with the audio files. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but uh, th- th- so there's that. There's that show, the Montreal one in 2011, and uh, the same uh, tour, I think, uh, the Buenos Aires show. Okay. Is, uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna check those out, and uh, on our Instagram account, you should link. If we do find them, you should link the Spotify. Uh... Oh my God! Please Spotify. I'm gonna go do this right okay. now. Okay, great. Um, yeah. so another brand new episode coming next week. We'll keep, that's right. We'll keep it hidden for now as to which one it is, and uh, we'll just you know catch up on our our previous ones. There are seven of them now. A couple more coming for this season, and of course all of the ones that we did last season, which were pretty epic as well. Uh, yes. G, any final uh, any final thoughts? Rock on, everyone! And I can't wait to get live music back. That's a solid sign off. The Concert Goers podcast is written and produced by Jessica Dion, with your hosts Jessica Dion and Jenny Fiasque. Follow us on social media at the Concert Goers on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. The Concert Goers is produced in association with Snob Media.